It's good to see you guys. Hopefully you guys had a good week. Yes. I was just like thinking like, man, if I could have some water, thinking you shall receive. It's <laughs> awesome. We'll try not to spill that this time. Uh, unless you've been under a rock, the news has been pretty, pretty grim this past week, right? I was at work and I was like, saw a little news headline, some hostages in Paris. Hmm, whatever. 50 hostages. All right. 12 people confirmed dead. 40 people confirmed dead. 100 people. I'm like, what is happening? And so the weekend you see like, you know, explosions and, and gunfire. I've seen like the video of this band playing hearing the, the rat-a-tat-tat of machine guns going off. Hearing about the bombings going on in other countries. I mean, there's like four other terrorist attacks like this weekend. And so what happens is like all of a sudden, like, I don't know if you open up your Facebook the next day and it's like, like French flags and Eiffel Towers. Like, so what's happening? You know, it's like, what is going on? And so there's this overwhelming sensation of like, there is massive tragedy going on in the world. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And all of a sudden, we have the hashtags, right? Like, he's painting his picture. I'm going to paint mine, you know? And like, who can find the best meme right now? And, and it's like, it just was crazy. And there's this universal sense of when there's utter tragedy that I have to do something. Not about you, but as, as I'm like watching here, like overseas right now, there are people dying, there are people trapped, there are people whose lives are forever changed. And I'm here helpless. What can I do? What can I do? There's this evil that's prowling the earth. And it's hard not to be discouraged. It's hard not to like watch the news. It's hard not to like get discouraged about what's happening and so that deep sense of like, well, I can't do anything is absolutely wrong. We have, to con- we have to continually renew our minds of thinking that actually I can do something. It just might not be on the greatest scale. Because when I see those things about Paris, like, get me on a plane. I can't shoot a gun, but I'll try, you know? <laughs> like, I'm ready, you know? I'm like the biggest coward ever. But like, at the moments, I'm like, I could do that, you know? Like, that like someone has to do something. It's this like deep desire. I don't know, does anybody sympathize with that? So what do we do with that? I don't know. What do we do with that? Now let's switch gears for a second. I'm going to leave that topic there. Totally different topic, okay? Okay with that? Take out your phone. But you never heard that in church. Take out your phone. Put away your phone. No. Take out your phone. I want you right now, who is somebody that, man, I haven't, heard or seen from them in a little while? Give you five seconds. Hmm. I wonder what they're up to. Open your phone, new text message, and send them a note. Right now. If that's too hard for you to think of, maybe there's someone you admire. Like, man, that person has made a good impact in my life. Send them a text message. Say, thank you. You've made an impact in my life. Is there someone that's maybe had a bad day this past week? Bad month, bad year, bad decade? Send them a text message. Say, I'm thinking of you. I'm rooting for you. Can I do anything for you? 
There's got to be somebody in one of those three or four categories. I could go on all night. Does everyone have someone? Has everyone sent a text message? Some of you guys look terrified. <laughs> Perfect. Is there a family member you haven't talked to in a long time? I'm not you, but sometimes I have to write calendar reminders, like, do this. Text this family member you love them. I have a calendar reminder every single month, or every single Wednesday, actually, to text a certain person in my family. Is there a family member that you need to like, just reach out and say, hey, I love you, hope you're well. Or maybe it's like, I know we haven't talked in a long time, I love you. So right there in that 60 seconds, Right there in that 60 seconds, I would suggest that you've actually done more good in the world than changing your Facebook profile. Right? You actually sent out a word of encouragement. You actually declared love. You actually reached out to somebody. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard the story of like, I was ready to kill myself and then someone sent me a text message. You have no idea, but you might have just now radically changed someone's life. Someone might be on the way to doing something they are going to regret for the rest of their life, and they just got your text message. Maybe someone is so down in the dumps about their life, and you send a text message saying, hey, I admire who you are, I admire what you've done in my life, and all of a sudden, they're like, whoa. But we don't think of things like that. But the subtle details, making room, making space, being intentional to actually send a single text message, a single outreach, we have no idea what could, what could be the significant behind that and what that's doing to someone's life. A single text message. The biggest move right now, back to Paris, back to the world, the trending hashtag for the past 10 days is what? Pray for Paris. All these non-Christians, all these non-believers, like, pray for Paris. Like, this is awkward. <laughs> Didn't we just have a Facebook debate about God like two weeks ago? <laughs> pray for Paris. Pray for Paris. Pray for Paris. Awesome. What do hashtags do? They make Christians think. How ought should Christians think about pray for Paris? Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Pray for Paris. That begs the questions... How should we think about what it means to pray for Paris, pray for the world, right? The other, the other hashtag, pray for the world, because it's not just Paris. So I think, like, Jesus, how do we pray? It's too bad Jesus never, like, told us how to pray. Actually, he did. <laughs> this is how you ought to pray. <laughs> he starts it that way, too. Our Father who in heaven, right, right, right? Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Right? on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus instructs us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, I, know, I like recited that my entire life. I had no idea what it meant ever. Well, that sounds super godly, religious Bible, New King James. We all memorize it, but we've never thought about it. Why would Jesus say, pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Could it be because not everything that happens on earth is God's will in heaven? Could it be this, that God's desires in heaven are different than what happens on earth? And that's why I'm going to say, God, your desires, this and that is not happening here, so I'm going to pray for that. 
We pray according to God's will that his will would be done because God's will isn't being done in the world. Are you with me? I'm going to change the way you think of that verse for the rest of your life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray for Paris. We pray that God, your will would be done in Paris. Your will be done in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, in Libya, in the Congo, in all these different places. Your will would be done in America as it is in heaven. But the next answer is like, well, you know, God, do whatever your will is, is. That thing, right? God, whatever your will is, just do that. Very few Christians have any idea what the will of God is. Very few. It's too bad the Bible doesn't talk about the will of God. And I guess it's like, not the will of God, talk again. <laughs> Cliff notes, here it is. The will of God, 1 Timothy 2.4, all people are saved. The will of God, all people are saved. And Jesus even talks about in the reverse in Matthew 18.14, it's not the will of God that anyone should perish. The will of God is for salvation. So in order for us to pray God's will, we actually need to know what God's will is, right? It's not, God, your will be done, whatever it is on earth as it is in heaven, and I'll never pretend to find out. No, God, your will in heaven, which is the salvation of people to come and to know you, will be done on earth. Because that's what you desire. And so that allows us to now, when we say pray for the world, pray for Paris, we say, God, would you bring salvation to those who do harm? God, would you intervene into the dreams and the minds and the thoughts of those who would want to blow themselves up? And, and God, would you manifest yourself to them? I don't know if you've heard about, like, but there's this like, crazy trend of the Muslim world, like all these people are having dreams of Jesus. They've never heard of Jesus before. It's like crazy phenomenon. Pray for Paris. Jesus, would the pain and the sorrows, Lord, be tempered and would be brought into recognition that, God, you are good. Lord, you have a desire to know them. We pray for Paris. It's not that, God, you would not reduce the pain, but Jesus, would they come to you? That's what it means when we say pray for Paris, pray for the world. And we can take comfort knowing that God wants everyone to be saved. We're like, well, God, zap them. Well, God, it's not going to violate your free choice. He's not going to say, I demand you know me. No. He waits. He waits. That's your choice. Second Peter 3.9 says, God is patient, not willing. Again, there's the will of God. Not willing anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. Everyone say repentance. So when we pray, we pray that millions of people would come to repentance. God is not slow in his promises, but wishing all to be saved and come to repentance. You follow me? God's will on earth is in heaven that people are saved. God desires repentance for salvation. Okay, you with me? So what is the main ingredient for people to come to repentance? The single ingredient the Bible talks about in bringing people salvation through repentance. What it is? Kindness. Yes. For it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Romans 2.4. Kindness is the preceding ingredient to salvation. Are you with me? Kindness leads to repentance, which is salvation, which is God's will, on earth, which is in heaven, okay? 
Well, God, how do you demonstrate your kindness? Puppy dogs, rainbows, beachfront homes, Teslas, yeah, right, come on. How does God demonstrate his kindness? Now, some people say, well, he didn't kill me. It's like, well, that's like saying I'm a good father because I don't beat my children. It's like, I would like a better definition than that. We don't want to define something by what he's not doing. That's a terrible way of defining something that's good. How does God demonstrate kindness? Does anybody want to be bold enough and, and volunteer an idea? Does anyone know? How does God demonstrate his kindness to people on earth from heaven? From heaven, heaven, how does God demonstrate kindness? Crickets. No one knows this. Well, that's like, you know, all, that's basically saying no one is, um, to say that the rain falls and the just and unjust, to say that, that in Jesus' promise, you're going to have trials and tribulations. Basically, that life does not discriminate based on who you are, who you know, who you love. That things fall upon us. No. God demonstrates his kindness to people through you. Through you. Now, God could certainly come down and like, Step right here and like hand us all $20 bills. I haven't had that kind of experience. I don't know if you have. But when I think of God's kindness, it is working through the people I know. God is supernaturally moving through hearts and minds of people. Galatians 2.20, my favorite passage in all the Bible says, I no longer live, this is Paul, says, I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. You think you got saved and got a bus pass to heaven? No, you actually had a moving tenant that's full-time in your body. You had the, the vacancy sign out. You have no vacancy now. Christ is living in you through you now. It's, it's not this, I got a good deal to heaven. No, it's like I actually have been invaded by the presence of God who wants to live through me. Christ is alive working through you. Now, this might be radical news, and that's hopefully the point. That Christ is living through you in hopes to demonstrate radical kindness to the world. Now, this is actually what, so obviously everyone's like, I don't know how God does that, right? I'm, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying what we all think. Why is that? We've actually been taught some fishy theology. One permutation of that fishy theology is the finishing work of Christ, which has been hijacked. Basically saying like, after Jesus went to the cross, he retired. It's like, whew. Well, I don't have to do that again. And people say, you know, Christ is seated in heavenly realms. It's, he's on the cross like, it's finished, right? And like, Christ is done, right? And so this notion is that God has now preset everything else that's going to happen, that the world is deterministic, that God's not moving. God is on the throne. He's in, you know, he's on the throne, he's there. And so this theology is basically at the cross, abstracted God into this other reality, and what we have on earth is kind of fixed, and it's kind of like, well, what's going to happen is going to happen. Don't you hear that all the time? What's going to happen is going to happen. Hmm? Don't get me started. (laughs) Now, when Christ said it's finished, he basically was saying, I've redeemed my people. I've made the way for them to come to me. I've paid for their sins once for all. That's what he's meaning when he's finished. It's not that God's retired or Jesus has done. Quite the contrary. The scriptures say that God is still at work. 
And it talks about Jesus' co-workers, too. Like, Jesus is not just a carpenter. Like, I haven't seen him build anything here recently. But God is still at work. Jesus is at work. And you know what? It talks about his co-workers. You know who he talks about? You. 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are God's fellow workers, God's co-workers, co-laborers. Did you know that? You are actually a fellow employee with Jesus in the accomplishment of God's purposes on earth. God is still working. He's still active. He's not retired. He is working through you and in you and alongside you. You and Jesus are co-workers. Now, what is the point of all this is that what I've looked through, I've started looking at the scriptures to affirm this viewpoint, okay? I'm not all the way through. But I want a mission. But here's my theory. Is that almost everything that God does, he does through people. It means that the move of God, the workings of Christ, actually happen through and with people. Show me a miracle in the Bible after creation, because I know man wasn't there. That's not fair. Show me a miracle in the Bible that didn't have the participation or the cooperation of a human. And the part in the Red Sea, do you know what the condition of the parting the Red Sea was? Go wade in the water. Oh, I'm sorry, this is Joshua crossing the Jordan. Thank you. At flood banks. And he says, go, st-. he didn't even say go start walking. He said, go stand in the water. We have no idea how long Joshua stood. It could have been days. It's like, this is awkward. <laughs> the condition, throw down your staffs, throw down your rod, right? There's this cooperation, this participation. And every miracle I can find in the Bible so far has had the cooperation and the participation of a human. Maybe that's why Jesus says, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Interesting, isn't it? And so the secret ingredient to God's breakthrough is cooperating with what God wants. The secret ingredient to God's breakthrough in people is cooperating with what God wants. People ask, God, where are you? Where were you? And he's like, I was there, but I was the only one who showed up. A move of God is not dependent upon the will of God. It's actually dependent on the will of God's people. Let me say that again. The move of God, or a move of God, is not dependent on the will of God. It's dependent on the will of God's people. It's important for you to know that the will and the move of God is actually released by your cooperation. You want to see God move? Like, I'm tired of like prayer meetings. Like, God, would you move? And he's like, I'm praying the same thing, and I'm praying to myself. It's that we would move. It's not that God would move. It's that we would move with God. God of the universe has partnered with you to demonstrate his kindness to the world. You are the most tangible, the most real, the most strategic way that he makes himself known in the world, and it is through you. It's through you. Are you getting this? Is this turning you on? If it doesn't, you don't have a switch, okay? (laughs) Prayer, what's the bottom answer? Prayer is fruitful, for sure. But sometimes prayer is not always the only answer. Participation with God usually is. And praying with God and praying to God is participation, but it's not enough that we pray. It's not enough that we hashtag pray Paris. It's not enough that we like paint our Facebook pros. We actually need to participate. 
And when we pray, God, would you demonstrate to the world unbelievable kindness? God, would you demonstrate kindness that people repent, are saved, and know you? Because that's your God, that's your will, because it's God's will that people are saved. When we pray that God would demonstrate kindness, He's saying, Great idea, when do we start? It's like, don't expect me to show it. I'm the one who shows it through you. Let's do this together. So don't just pray, but do. 1 John 3.18 says, as I love it, says, Dear children, that's actually a term of endearment. That sounded like it was a condescending remark. But dear children, let us not love with words or speech or hashtags or Facebook profiles, but with actions and in truth. What we do is always greater than what we say. What you do is always greater than what you say. This is mind-blowing stuff that God has decided to funnel his power and breakthrough of people through you. We pray for God's will to be done in the world as it is in heaven, right? And so if we know what that means, then we know it's salvation for people. If we know that that's salvation for people, we ask, what causes salvation? What's kindness? Okay, kindness causes salvation repentance. And kindness comes through us because we are partnered with God and he lives through us. Now it all makes sense. Is it making sense to you? So the pray for Paris, pray for the world, is actually a prayer that you would do something. I want you, every single time you see that hashtag, every single time you see that hashtag, I want you to think, like, that's speaking to me. That's God's IOU saying, let's do something together. You pray, but you also do. We actually get ourselves to move, and we do something to partner with the kingdom And so when you do something kind, you are participating with God. God is actually moving through whatever act of kindness that you do. That text message, God partners with that message and delivery to do something in their heart that reveals his heart. And when you reach someone's heart, they are moved towards God's heart. And when they come to relationship with God, they fulfill God's will for their life. And people coming to salvation is God's will. Is that awesome or what? So people are praying and they don't even know that they are already the answer to their own prayers. So now that we know, excuse me, it's about to get good. Now that we know that kindness leads to repentance, which leads to salvation, which leads to God's will being done, right? We all get that connection. I'm I'm trying not going to beat that down too much more. Now that we know, okay, right? you are now accountable to not what you don't know, but what you know. Next question is like, all right, well, what do I do? The things that that hold people up is they don't know the truth and they don't know what to do. So we know the truth and now we're confronted with, well, what to do. So let's continue to pray for Paris, pray for the world, but let's also do something. Now, I'm in Sacramento and these things are in Paris, they're in all over the Middle East, they're in Africa, they're all over parts of the world. And so, um, so it feels like, man, I can't do anything. But here's the thing about that, is that don't let something you can't do stop you from doing something you can do. Don't let something you can't do stop you from doing something you can do. So if you're going to change the world, you've got to start somewhere. Well, why don't we just start here? Wouldn't it be great that if Sacramento didn't need to have a tragedy to have everyone come together and do amazing things? 
Why do we have to have a reaction to a tragedy to do something good? Why don't we start something here? Why don't we start something in this city? Why don't we decide to, be, to become the move of God in Sacramento? It's totally up to us. People are praying, God, would you move in Sacramento? All it's taking is just willing people to say, I'll be the move of God. That's all it's taking. The only thing that's holding the move of God up in a city is actually people's desire to be the will of God and the move of God in that city. So what if we said, actually, I will be a move of God? You're all capable. You're all competent. You all have Jesus living inside you, so you're totally equipped. Do you know Galatians 2.10 says that you have fullness in Christ? Meaning that you, if you have Jesus in your, in your heart, you are lacking nothing. So I'm, say, I'm not equipped. And it's like, well, Jesus is in you, and I think that's probably enough. What if we decide to actually be the move of God in this city? And so if kindness is the ingredient to changing hearts and to revealing God's heart, why don't we, for the next 40 days, unleash 1,000 acts of kindness on the city? There's 100 people to the penny here tonight. That is 10, 10 acts of kindness per person over the next 40 days. 40 days, that's basically the end of the year. Between now and the end of the year, what would happen if our community committed and decided to be the move of God in the city and unleash 1,000 acts of kindness? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be radical? If you are a math whiz, which I am not, that's only eight acts of kindness per person or 10 per, 10 per person in this room and basically two acts per week. That's what it amounts to. Can you do two kind things a week between now and the end of the year? And if we're going to create a movement, because what I want to do is like, I'm thinking about you guys, but, but here's the thing is we have this habit of like having other audiences outside of Sacramento, which is rad, but I'm thinking about us. I just want our community to own what a move of God would be in a thousand acts here locally. But if we're going to do that, let's document it, let's share it, let's invite it, and others should be invited to participate too. If we're going to do something truly for the glory of God, if we're going to do something to become a move of God, we surely should have a way to show other people, right? Because the world needs some good news right now. The world could use some really good news right now. How about 100 people saying, I'm going to do 10 acts of kindness, and I'm going to be part of a movement that unleashes 1,000 acts of kindness in one city? That would be pretty rad. But the key to starting a movement is to be able to have people to join it, to people to see it, and to participate in it. So how do we do that? So here at Epic, we have a little bit of a habit in creating different ventures. So our very first one was, I think, in 2010 or 11, maybe 2011, we created dreammanager.org, which is a software little website that helps you categorize all your different dreams professionally, personally, travel, adventure, material things, personal, I mean, whatever things you want. And so allow you to create this whole dream list, and then you can add subtasks to it, track it, upload photos, mark it off. It's been amazing how many of my dreams have been fulfilled. I'm actually having a hard time coming with new ones on there now. And if you're like, for the first time, like, I haven't seen that website in years. You should go back and check out what dreams have been fulfilled. It'll blow your mind. That was our first one. Then we did dreammanager.org. One more. 
So dreammanager.org was our very first one. Then we did fivefoldministrytest.com, .com, where that basically gave a personality test for people to identify what is their greatest strength they can contribute to the body of Christ. What role are, have you been designed by God in your DNA to contribute? Because everyone contributes. Everyone participates in the move of God. Five-fold ministry test. We did it just for you guys. I checked yesterday. It's been taken 102,000 times in 172 countries. I get emails literally every day. Every day from people finding it. I have churches like, we're teaching on this for the next like seven weeks. You send me my notes. I'm like, here's this treasure trove of notes. Like, of course. It's crazy. All started from here. Earlier this year, we did Purpose Builder, which helps you create a vision and purpose statement for yourself. And even like it outputs a beautiful poster for you if you want to have printed and professionally designed. It's a Kelsey. So tonight, I'm stoked to launch this endeavor, which is the Thousand Acts of Kindness. This is what I want our community to be known for. If we're known for anything else, let's be known for this. This is one's going to be awesome. It's cool to have a like, little software app be like out there for all these countries, but um, here's what it is. It's live now at 1000x.org. This little website. And so the goal is to track and document and share what our community is doing on its way to accomplishing 1,000 acts of kindness Here's how it looks on your phone. Let's go to the next screen. So you come here, and I'm going to show you how you can do it. So you pull up that. And first, you need to like have the desire in your heart, I'm going to do something good. I'm going to do something kind. Right? So you don't, and preferably somebody you don't know, someone who can't repay you back. Do something that like benefits somebody else in a way that they, they, they're removed from you a certain degree. It's great to do things for people and, to, and for friends that we know, but... Holy cow, is it amazing to do things for strangers. Three weeks ago, I was driving back home. I live in the East Sac area. And I missed the exit and the turnoff. And oh, darn it. It's like the next one is like 16th Street, which feels like 40 miles away. I get off on 16th Street, and it's now like 1130. And there's a guy with a sign out at 1130. And he is just like, he's maybe my age, maybe like a little bit younger. Completely looked like he's lost all will to live. I have no idea his story. Rolled down my window. Because, you know, like, we get there, we're like, oh, don't make eye contact. And I have this commitment. Like, I never carry cash, ever. Okay? I don't know about you. I never carry cash. But when I do, and I see someone in need, I, I need to give it away. Because I just presume, like, if I have cash, it's because God wants to go to someone else. Because I never have cash. I pull out whatever's in my wallet. It was a $20 bill. and gave it to him. And he like looked over and like saw it and thought he was going to get like a, you know, a quarter. The moment his hand like saw what it is, he uncontrollably started to sob. The light turns green. I'm like, what else is in here? I throw him another one, and he's like, his like I it was only forty bucks. It was only forty bucks, but at that moment, that was like the miracle of his life. It's like, I love you, man. God bless you. And I started to drive off. When we encounter strangers and we encounter them in such a way that like, we can give them and, and we're that momentary miracle, there's something magical that happens there. I, don't, I wish I knew a story. I wish I would have known how to follow up with them, but I don't. But that's the point, is that we are kind to people who can't repay us back. But maybe you're like, well, I don't know what to do, okay? 
So I don't have a screenshot for this, guys, but um, <clears throat> because you guys are maybe sometimes would say, I don't know what, you know, how do I do? I came up with a hundred ideas for you. <laughs> so on the link there, there's, it says ideas. I came with a hundred. And uh, so you go there and <clears throat> it'll give you one. So the first one I pulled up was, this is random. Leave a note on a stranger's car. Sweet. What about another one? Let's see what another one says. Deliver Christmas trees to families. I'm going to have a hundred of these ideas for you all waiting on here on this website. So if you're lacking an idea, you have no excuse. Seriously. So once you decide to do something, you have an idea, do that thing. But here's the thing. It's like, we want to be kind, but sometimes we don't want to document. Please document. Please record. Please take photos. Why is it? Because the world needs something else in their newsfeed. The world needs another picture of something that good is happening. And so when you uh, take that photo on the website from your phone, this is all optimized for your phone. So that's the actual website here. Yeah, with some ideas. Babysit someone's kid to give their parents a break. You can come to my house for that, actually. <laughs> give a dinner. There's a couple parent ones here. Yeah. You can also do that for us, too. Let's try another one. We're getting the same ones here. Um, anyways, there, there's 100 in there. But So when you do that, if you guys can go to the next slide, you take your photo of whatever you're doing, and selfies are okay. That's, I'm, selfies are even good. Faces are more effective in photos. So that's why selfies are so effective. So you hit that upload, and then so right here, you get a short description, your name, and if you don't want to have your name out there, that's fine. But I would encourage you to put your name on there. At least your first name, okay? Choose file and upload a photo. The next screen you're going to get is you get to like pick a crop. So the software is going to actually zero in the face and help you crop. And then you hit save. Go to the next one, guys. And right there, your act of kindness is now on the web for people to see. And this photo now is going to have a share link with a description and a link to it. And so what I want to do is like help us be inspired to do amazing things, but also track it. It's going to start counting. It's going to start counting the different acts that our community is doing. You also can do it a different way, too. <clears throat> you can take that same photo, document it, and you can post it on Instagram if you want. And if you use the hashtag 1000acts, 1000acts, A-C-T-S, hashtag 1000acts, it'll also automatically get loaded to the website and counted. So if you're too lazy to go to the website and to do it, and you're already on Instagram anyways, I thought of you. I got something else for you. There's lots of amazing ideas in there. I <laughs> say so myself. And I'm open to other people. If you guys have ideas, like let's add them in. Let's like add 500. But some of them are, are interesting. They're like, pay for the toll for the person behind you. Pay for the, the happy meal for the person behind you in line. Go to Starbucks and say, here's 20 bucks. I want you to buy the next three drinks, okay? Right? So there's things like that in there. And then I have these. These are little calling cards. I, I have a thousand of these. And it says, you've been hit by 1,000 acts of kindness. And on the back there it says, hi there. A bunch of us are trying to make the world a better place with small acts of kindness. Come join us. Has our website and our hashtag. And then also has an email address for them to write a story. 
So here's what's really fun. If you're like me, like I like to just like sneak things onto people and like, you know, maybe watch for far. I don't want to be connected possibly. So if a thousand of these, and maybe we can like start handing some of these out. They're in that big box there. But if you would take a handful of these, or like five or six of them maybe, put them in your wallet, and I want you to like, even like add a note to a stranger's car. Add a note to a stranger's car. Like, you know, and like you could, if those who are gifted in the supernatural and the prophetic, you're like, your car is blue, and blue makes me see this, and I believe that you have promotion in your life. You know, like you can go for it. Do something radical and amazing. Be bold with these things. So these are being handed out. And the goal of this, again, lots of excitement. The goal of this is to leave a calling card that what happened was actually intentional. That's what the world needs to know, too is that there's random acts of kindness where like, well, I guess I didn't have anything else better to do, you know? That's one way to do kind things. I need your attention real quick. Here's what this does. The kind thing that you do for someone, it actually tells them that you thought of them. It actually says that I want to live a life differently, that I do intentional things to make the world better. Here's the proof of it. That surprise, like, go tip a waitress 50 bucks and, like, leave this, like, sandwiched in the, in the dollar bill or something. But leave this so that people know it's actually not random. It actually is intentional. Because the kindness of God leads people to repentance. The kindness of God is what opens people's heart for God. So take these, like, put them in your pocket. Go to a Starbucks and look at the list. Find ideas to share. And I think a thousand is totally reasonable for our community, don't you? Yeah. I think we totally can do it. If you want to go, if anyone want extra credit? So on the site, um, well, first off, just so you know, I zeroed out all the acts of kindness because I've been testing it for way too long. So right now it's zero, which is awesome. Like, who's going to be the first? I want to know that. Who's going to be the first? It'll be in order, and it'll automatically count. I want to know who's going to be the first. That's exciting. But if you want to go the extra mile, if you really want to help this become a move of God, here's what you can do. Is on the homepage, on the very bottom, it actually will tell you like, how to like, upload things. Like, there's some instructions. But at the very bottom, there's actually a graphic. Uh, go to the home. Thanks, Derek, for up. Go to home. Back home. And there's going to be an image, and it says, if you want to download the logo, you can. And we give it to you in this nice little format. And you can make this your profile picture. So if you feel like maybe like, ah, oh, man, the Paris flag is like, you know, way overdone. I need to be unique. Here's a way to be unique. Pretty green. Thousand acts of kindness. Drawing people to the site. And the stories, here's how it's designed to work, is that they come and they're so overwhelmed with what a few young people are doing to do kindness that they join in. My heart, my goal is that people are moved by what we do in the city, that actually we get people from other countries, other places start doing this. That would be awesome. I think that's all I got for you guys. I love you guys.